Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about another Vikings loss in a tight game. <laughs> we were just talking off air that at some point, I know there's only six games left, but at some point it just feels like two things are going to happen. We either, we're going to get our ass kicked and we're going to kick somebody's ass. Maybe it'll be Detroit this coming Sunday. Who knows? But we are going to talk about what went wrong both offensively and defensively. Of course, Kirk Cousins, about three or four passes he sure would want back. Uh, we just couldn't finish drives. Um, and then obviously, you know, we were we were worried about the run game last week when we were talking about last Monday. And that was before we knew Tomlinson was not going to be available. And even Griff, too, he can you know, play the run sometimes really well, stout and whatnot. So just got ran on all the way, it just just all day long. It, it just it was ugly. It was definitely ugly. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so we're going to definitely talk about that. Of course, we'll preview the old Lions game. And if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that we do a gopher, a gopher football segment to close the thing down. And, hey, the Gophers got the axe, baby. We play jump around, as my co-host said before we got on air. Jump around on the field. Man, that was a great feeling. We needed to go out with a bang, and the Gophers did. Fleck 2-4 and four now in the last four freaking axe games. So, um, but if this is your first time listening to this year Vikings podcast, welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. It streams live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. Uh, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show there or, you know, listen to the browser. You can find the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, a variety of other places. We're also part of the Grueling, Sport, uh, Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And we also have a Living in Loserville Spricker page that Aaron set up last year. Of course, you know, it's Vikings now, but then we get into the Timberwolves sometime, you know, after the season, uh, football season, of course, and Gophers basketball and whatnot. And then he has some other podcasts you might like as well. So that's Living in Loserville on Spricker. One more thing, if you're good about cutting the cord or, you know, you have, you're not happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. The best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgraded the choice or ultimate, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. You can enjoy regional sports networks with no additional cost as well. If you go to the premiere package, that'll give you Showtime and HBO Max included in the price. That's direct TV stream. Okay, let's go to my co-host, Aaron, and see how he's doing on this Monday night where the temperature it just fell not long ago, but it jumped up today. How are we doing today, my friend? Uh, doing great. It was a beautiful day today. I think it's mm. going to be a nice day tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, however, uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back. You know, we win two in a row, and our hopes are up and our hopes are high that we could go and make competitive game and for San Francisco, and you know, for the first half, it really sort of was. Uh, we had a nice lead there. It seems like we were running the ball well enough and throwing the ball pretty good. Kirk was on uh, for much of that first half. 
but in the end, it just wasn't enough. And, you know, like you said earlier, it's just, you know, with Tomlinson out and that defensive line just depleted, um, you know, you'd hope maybe that you'd find someone who could step up and uh, maybe stop the bleeding a little bit, but I just don't think we have anybody. Lynch is a little too small to play the nose and, You've got, uh, you know, like number 50, I think Smith or something's his name and a lot of different combinations there, but nothing really seemed to work against the, the Niners on Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was definitely rough and just starting right there. I mean, you know, we'll get to Cousins, that's for sure, but going into, well, to the rest of the season, right? I mean, Tomlinson hopefully should be back this next week. Uh, not knock on wood. Um, and Pierce is going to come off the IR this week, but it doesn't mean, oh yeah, for sure he's starting Detroit, as we know. Um, so if we could somehow get Pierce and Tomlinson Aaron back for this last six games, um, we saw some potential. You know, we've given up the run early, late, whenever for, for a good chunk of the year. But, I mean, if you go against a heavy running team, you're going to give up some yards, of course. But I thought early in the year you could really start to see what Pierce was able to do with that pocket run and pass push. Um, and that would just be so key to get both those guys back at this time. I mean, it would just help the rotation because a lot of the guys, like you mentioned, you know they're they're, they're they've been affected this year, effective this year, but not when they got to be full time starters. Yeah, I mean that's really it. You, you can you know spell them out or put them in a rotation, but you know Lynch just not there yet. I think he's a good three technique, but asking him to play the nose is a little bit tough. And bringing guys in off the street and off people's practice squads and and all that stuff that we tend to do, um, you know, it just doesn't seem to work as well. I don't think really saw much from Yarborough during that game. And, you know, they've got a really good line in San Francisco, so it's not like you're out there against chumps. But, you know, um, you would hope that it could be a little bit more stout against the run. I think the linebackers had a rough day, just, you know, guys in their face all day. They weren't able to run free. And you just end up giving up those yards and then the tackling. You know, once you get tired, then the tackling starts to give up, and it's just a whole thing that kind of adds up into what we saw on Sunday. But, you know, Pierce and Tomlinson back is a – boy, I, just to me, I sort of laughed when you said it because I'm like, yeah, because I haven't seen Pierce for so long. and uh, He was making really good plays uh, when he got injured, but to have those two back again just shears up your run defense and, you know, maybe gets you back on track defensively. Yeah, man, I think, what, week four he got hurt or something like that? I mean, it has been a while. Um, kind of playing out that first half a little bit. You know, the score was tied 14-14. How we got there, they threw a, a pick early that good old Harrison Smith jumped the route. And something that we weren't doing earlier in the year, we've done it now lately, and that's another vibe I was feeling good early about in the first half. Not the first time we felt good in the first half this year, but, you know, that we actually put together a nice little drive and got a touchdown. And it was like, okay, cool. We used a little flea flicker play. Um, it was like, all right, this is nice. This is really nice. And, of course, they came right back with like a 47-yard catch and run by Samuel. Um, this middle of the field stuff, ju- just throw it in the middle of the field, it feels like. Uh, 
especially coming out of the slot. Coming out of the slot on the right side, going left, that shit has worked all year long, it feels like. And they tie it up. Both teams punt. And then we put together, you know, a, a pretty damn good drive. Um, six plays, 80 yards. Uh, nice 30-yard uh, first down catch on a, on a third down by J.J. Thielen. I think uh, that was that play where – and this is where you're starting to see where Jefferson is – not just what he does one-on-one and in the air and, you know, all these route runs and all that, but he threw three dudes to him. He wasn't even going to the end zone. He threw three guys to him, and Thielen's like, cool, I'm open. Just throw it to my left, and, um, and he made a great catch doing it. Um, and it was like, okay, nice, dude. Here we go, 14 to seven. Trade some punts, and then our favorite part of the of the second quarter, Aaron struck again. <laughs> 15 plays, 85 yards, 820 to boot, and they put up the stat. What is it? 58, 60. So we got 65 points we've given up in the last two minutes, sir. I've got nothing to say. I ran out of things to say about it last week. It happens every <laughs> week. Every week, Chris. It's like, you know, it's almost like at this point, it's spot them the seven points at the end of that. It's unexplainable at this point. It just is what it is, and I guess we can bring it up and let it go because it just is not stopping. Yeah, it really isn't, man, and – uh Lots of runs, lots of little short catches and runs. It was just like, yeah, they're just starting to really wear us down. And, and we started off pretty good against the run, but by halftime it was up to 99, and I thought I was working at the time, so I was in and out of it. Watched on DVR, uh, you know, after I was done working at the bar, and all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm like, man, if they get another 80, 100 yards, we're not going to win this game. And, 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 you know, it's funny, though, it wasn't just that because – um, you know, right away, and they they freaking backed it. What you want to do, right? End of the second quarter, come out, score right away too, and then you're you're like, okay, it was fourteen to seven, now it's twenty one seven, and then Cousins throws a, a, a interception that he even admitted, I I I couldn't see him. I I shouldn't even. I don't know what the hell I was doing throwing the ball because I couldn't see him. It's not like a desperate time in the game. Um, like Osborne, when he he kind of see a flash, or that's a whole different game. This is in your you're right near your end zone. Bad pass, um, horrible decision to do it. And of course, they go right back and, and get the I think just one play because they you know they they advanced it and it's twenty eight to fourteen and that was just ugly and that was kind of a sign of things to come with Cousins. Yeah, he made some really good throws, but you could point to about three more in the game that he sure would wish he had it back. But now it's 28 to 14 here. Yeah, and, you know, the interception didn't really bother me that much because I thought, you know, he's taking a chance. And we've been asking him to do it all season, and you know you're going to get up interceptions from time to time. Uh, so, you know, at that point when it happened, I'm like, okay, it's another pick. That's fine. You know, we're still definitely in this game. Defense will come out. They hadn't really been gashed at that point uh, too badly. Um, but then, you know, then they started just locking in on the run, man. And it was just like, okay, you know, six, six yards on first down, eight yards on first down, you know, six yards on first down. You're just like, there's no way we're going to be able to hang with this. And you're right. It just kind of went downhill from there. Well, and you're right. Early in the game, we weren't getting gashed, but those last two 
freaking drives. That's like 11, almost 12 minutes worth of drives in 21 plays in a row. Um, but, you know, I guess my whole risk thing, I just don't think that's a good spot to take a risk because you can punt the ball. I'd rather just throw it deep for a risk um, and just punt like that. But sure. You know what I mean? I guess it was just kind of me. To me, yeah. it was just knuckleheaded. You know, it's just like, really, dude, if you can't see them and you don't know for sure, then don't do it. You know, I don't know. Anyway. Right. But um, I think Kirk's been, Kirk's been sort of knucklehead. He's been sort of knucklehead free this season. You know, you haven't seen any balls where you're like, God, what was that? You know, until that one. So I was like, all right, I'm going to give him a mulligan on it because, sure. you know, he just, you know, he didn't see the guy. You know, so that's fine. Uh, and we were still in the game then, and it was still a game. So I'm like, all right, we'll just, you know, we'll bounce back from that one for sure. But that's sort of where the ball started rolling downhill. And, you know, I, we bounced back you know, with a nice drive, you know, so it kind of gave me a little help. It was a quick drive, 241, quick strike. Uh, Jefferson got a 15 yard throw. Uh, we did a little trick play. Cook had a nice run in, a nice run catch. Didn't. Is that the one that Jefferson threw to him? Is that the one I think? We threw a screen to Jefferson. Yeah, I think it was. It was a screen pass where he had three linemen out in front of him, and the guy still made the tackle. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because, like, dog, three guys. There's like one, maybe a second guy coming. You're, it's 900 and probably close to a thousand pounds running down the field, and you can't figure out how to freaking get them. Oh my god, that was rough. But anyway, they did score on that. But, of course, you know, of course, we had to miss the extra points. So you're like, okay, score is – mark this down. The score is 28 to 20. Let's, let's, uh, let's remember this. Now, they did get a, a, you know, kind of a minor time-consuming drive, but it was a bend that don't break, you know, after giving up back-to-back touchdowns. They did hold them to a field goal. So you're like, okay, let's see. And here we go with this rookie who's just – one cut and it's speed, and guess what? I don't even see a kicker. And they changed the rules uh, like a few years ago, maybe two years ago, to make it almost impossible for a kick return to happen. It's so rare now. You just don't see it that often. He's got two this season. And it's just one of those things, one cut and turn on the speed, and he's gone. Kicker didn't have a chance. I think he reached his arm out or something, but yeah. he didn't have a chance. And, you know, I was surprised to see it, but – you know, you know he's going to pop those. Now I just want to see him kind of work into the offense a little bit more and let that speed do some things. I'm not saying, you know, be the replacement for Cook, but have some things for him. Maybe that screen you ran to Delvin, maybe give that to Kenny and see what happens. Yeah, that's a good point. And perfect segue because we're going to need him. I mean, Cook's not going to play this week, you know. You'd assume not anyway, especially he's a franchise guy. You probably wouldn't do that anyway because – you know, we did get, you know, we did, uh, you know, get him to punt and whatnot off that. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, let's back up. Cousins, this is probably like that one where you're like, okay, just aim it, short arm it. It's got to be a little low, and he put it in the dirt. It's just unexcusable. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And like you said, he hasn't had many knuckleheads. That wasn't even knucklehead. That was just like, dude, you short armed it. You know, yeah, it had to be low but not in the freaking dirt. Throw it at his knees at least. Like, that one was ridiculous because now, once again, we're playing with this little point system, and instead of being down, you know, a field goal, which 
We found out later it'd be nice to kick a field goal later in the game instead of being forced to throw a touchdown. It hurt us. Um, but back to the, you know, you're, you're bringing up, you know, bringing the, the young rookie from Iowa State in to the backfield as well. Cook fumbled, and, you know, I was watching it once again at work, and I thought because his ankle was, like, bent, and a lot of his weight went on it for a little bit. I thought it was actually the ankle that he really hurt. Come to find out he separated his shoulder, fumble. Now they did, you know, they, they kind of went – I think they tried some sort of reverse stuff, and they lost yards pretty quick. But it was – you know, they did get a field goal out of it, so that was nice. And this is where it was starting to be like, all right, dude, we're moving the ball, 12 plays, 72 yards, six – you know, six-minute drive. I mean, it was like, okay, dude, we're, we're not out of this. And I do love how we keep fighting, that's for sure. Um, there was a third and eight play where uh, there was a P.I. on Jefferson, so we got the first down. Conklin, the Cousins-Conklin connection at third and nine was big, too. No doubt about that. That was a big play. There was a no call on Thielen that was just, um, you know, ridiculous. I mean, that Conklin catch fumble, so it's first and goal, and the dude, it's like a little kid that's mad at his food or something, and he, like, double-punched the ground, and he hit. I mean, you got one ref to the left, if you're looking at it from the television view. One guy to the left standing there, so you could probably see it. But for sure the guy trying to prevent a second strike comes in and doesn't throw the flag. We were just talking about it. More than likely that's first and goal at the one or two because of the 15-yard penalty. That was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. That was like that series of three events. One we'll get to later. Uh, but the Thielen catch was definitely a catch. And like I told you off the air, I, I saw the play. I said, okay, that's definitely a catch. I went to grab some of the drink out of the fridge, whatever. I come back to commercial. They don't show many more replays, and they just go, oh, okay, that was, you know, I think uh, Zimmer challenged it. And, uh, you know, come back and say the challenge was declined. And I'm like, well, you know, was it a possibility that they called it incomplete on the field and there wasn't enough to overturn it, although there was video evidence right there? But nonetheless, that was the first weird one. And then you're right, the, the double strike of Thielen while there's, you know, trying to recover a fumble with the ref right there. And you said the ref had said something. I don't remember what exactly it was, but obviously was aware of, like, you know, aware of what was going on and still no call on that. And, well, he put like his arm said, in That's there. first and goal. He put his arm yeah, in there I mean, and be like, knock that out, guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, that most likely is, you know, uh, an unnecessary roughness or a personal foul. And you're, like you said, first to goal at the one, which is a game changer at that point because you could definitely run it in from there. I think Madison had run one earlier. It's it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't want to blame the refs for everything, but, man, that's a couple of calls that you're just like, it's, it's on video, it's right there, the refs were right there. I just I don't understand it sometimes. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, that was ridiculous. So a couple more things that we'll talk about now. There was two more high throws by Cousins, um, one in the end zone. That one, he didn't get to set his feet. There was two guys charging. He just threw it up. I'm, I'm willing to be like, okay, that is a tough, tough one. But the last one he threw, there wasn't someone in his face. He had his feet set. And he just went high. Yes, we could talk about the Jefferson pass interference and the play before that on Osborne, which was more blatant pass interference. 
Um, like you said, we're not trying to just blame the refs here, but there was some of that in here. Yes, Cousins messed up a couple throws, and yes, our defense got gashed, but you got to mention this shit. Um, but also, we just had a – we had a, you know, a lot of people – it's funny. A lot of people were just – Focus, and, and I know why, because, you know, they got a narrative they got to keep, but they were really focusing on just Cousins lining up underneath the guard when there was like three people set or four people set on the whole play. So everybody fucked up on that. Um, but I was more concerned about the, the last high pass that there's just no excuse. So that adds up to about three or four misfires that had, you know, who knows the outcome, but I, it feels like we mm. would have been overtime Cousins came, Cousins came through on those passes. Just just two out of three of them. You're not going to be perfect, but two out of three or something like that, you got to make those passes. Well, I think you're right because it changes the score a little bit. If you get that two-point conversion where he threw the ground ball, then you made up for the extra point miss, and, you know, you're kind of back Take a to field goal, normal you know, you numbers. Yep. You don't have the jagged number anymore. And then, you know – he was off, but even his pass to Thielen, I don't think that was a back shoulder throw. I think it was a bad throw that Thielen made a good catch on. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you know, he, he seemed open, to be wide fine. Open. Wide open. He seemed to be fine up until the interception. I just think, you know, his butthole got tight, and he, he started throwing things he shouldn't have thrown, or he just wasn't. Because you're right, he was pressured on one. you got to give that to him. You know, sure. you got guys the guys on your neck, cool. just get rid of it. But the other ones, you know, and then, you know, there was one in the first half as well where he overthrew Jefferson or under, yeah, way over the top of his head. I think it was down in the red zone, but I I don't want to be particular on it because I can't really remember where it was in the game. But he was just sort of off and particularly off getting it to Jefferson. He made some good throws to Jefferson. I think Jefferson had four catches or something like that. But uh, there was a few that definitely got left on the field. And, you know, Chris, you know, I'm a little thankful because we haven't had a real Kirk clunker this season. No, you're right. This and is we the always say, you know, had to it. this is the closest we've had. Yeah. And it, like you took the words out of my mouth. This is the closest to a clerk. And the thing is, it wasn't really considered like the old school clunkers that he used to have. It was just a bad half. Sure. And, uh, yeah. the way I look at it anyway, that it was that's a like bad four half, passes so. where you're like, dude, <laughs> come on. It's, that's it. You make yeah. that shit all the An time. interception, but. Yeah, but like I said, it, it wasn't uh, a horrible game by a disaster. Was, right, we kept you in the game, and you had a chance to win that game. And you know, yeah, some calls didn't go your way, and there's a few bad passes. And you're right, you know, you get two of those bad passes, and depending on which ones they are, changes the outcome of the game. But you know, I, I'm willing to clunk it up to a, a, a clunker half by Kirk and. You know, no defensive line. I mean, that's really what it was. Other than that, I think, like you said, overtime or even a win there is definitely possible. Yeah, because we there's a good chance we don't, on one of those drives, well, we don't even do fourth and goal. You know, we just kick the field goal, and you're a tied game, and you're, you're feeling good, you know. Um, who knows what happens in overtime or close games anyway. Our offense will put us in position most of the time this year, but – who knows? Who, who really knows? We're not saying, oh, that's a win, but it's a, it's not what it was. You know what I mean? The one, another thing that kind of stood out, we couldn't get our run game going. And the combination of them, we were talking off air. Imagine we gave them two short fields and they still had, you know, um, 208 yards rushing and still have 37 minutes 
of uh, time of possession. So it would have been even that much more ugly. And beyond a nice run and, and some hard running, no doubt, we couldn't get our run game going. And, and here's a really telling stat. Um, 3-11 to 11 for first down runs. Uh, that's very – like mm. we normally don't only get three first down runs. Uh, you know, we only had 17 in general, 23 to 17. Uh, but 13 throwing is really good, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, we just – we could not get the run game going. And when you can't run and they're running – you're not going to beat the Niners. No, I mean, we kind of said going into the game that, you know, it's going to be a rough day for the offensive line. Now, I thought it would be the opposite. I thought we'd be able to run decently, but, you know, pass protection would be a problem. And it seems like, for the most part, this offensive line played better than I thought they were going to play against the Niners. Um, but I thought they did better in pass protection, you know, outside of Ole Udo. But the run, you know, maybe that's where Bradbury might help is in the run game, but then you're giving up, you know, bull rushes and pass protection. It's it's a whole thing. So um, I, I was impressed by the line a little bit, but like you said, we they weren't generating any runs. And, like, Cook couldn't get the back door. He wasn't able to get the cuts. There was guys in the backfield most of the time. And, uh, you know, that's just not a recipe because then you're basically, you know, made to throw the ball, and that's when things start to get a little hairy with – you know, Kirk and, and the pressure and, and all that stuff. So I think it's a recipe for disaster, just kind of going into the game with just a stud defensive line going up against a suspect offensive line. And I'd say improving, but now Darisaw's out, and we haven't heard a word about it. Another thing we were talking about off air is like, dude, you're asking all these questions, pretty much three questions of different ways, and nobody even brought Darisaw, a guy who could be here for a decade. Hey, uh, let's see what a, you know, something happened to a leg or a knee and he's a big dude. Can we find out what happened to him? Were they just being safe? Is he going to be okay? Could he, is there a possibility, you know, that he's back? It, that, that one was, is like, come on, dude. We need to know this. Plus, we're doing a podcast for Christ's sakes. We need to know this stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, we really need. Maybe not this week or whatever, but Tomlinson and Pierce, man, if we could get that going, I mean, and you know, really, there were some standouts here, here and there. I mean, Watts still had. In fact, I noticed on the PFF, Watts had six pressures yesterday. It's the most by a defensive tackle since 2018, Week Nine, Sheldon Richardson. Um, so, and, and he joins Richardson, Tom Johnson, and Floyd for the most, uh, detackle pressures in the Zimmer areas, era. So, you know, it's not like he didn't do good or whatever, but to, you know, it can't be just one dude doing a lot of stuff. That, 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 that definitely kind of hurt us. Um, any well, other items? Interrupt here, you know, Sure. Well, I was watching on the game. I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're getting gashed on the run here. Uh, you've got nothing to anchor the middle, and you still have Richardson on the outside. Now, I thought he played really well on the outside, but why wouldn't you put him back inside to help, you know, to stop the bleeding of their run game, at least give it a try and see what's happening? And, you know, they just kept him on the outside. Apparently they don't trust their young defensive ends or the ones that they got off the couch to bring in. But I just kept saying, Especially you know, this run team. Yeah, just take Richardson, put him back inside, see if you can stop the run a little bit better, and see, you know, you got Wanham. He's 
adequate on the outside. You've got Jones and a plethora of other guys that could possibly play the other side. I just didn't see why that adjustment wasn't made and why you don't put Richardson back in there to see if you can maybe, you know, take a couple yards off those first down runs or, or whatever they were getting on third down and, you know, Debo Samuel hitting the outside and all that stuff. It's just, you know, it was a bloodbath at some points in that game. And the tackling got worse as the defense got more worn down. And it's just a confluence of events that, you know, just kind of makes you know that you do need Pierce, you do need Tomlinson, and, and this is why. Yeah, and to your point, the week before, he had only played like, 12 snaps on the edge. So they had him on the edge just because, you know, obviously we needed somebody on the edge, but you're right. That That's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, but now, you know, we, uh, it's funny, actually, there's this stat going around since uh, the NFL switched to 16 games in 1978, the NFL record for one score games in a single season is 13. 78 Oilers, 89 Chargers, 99 Raiders, 94 Giants, Cardinals, Lions. And we obviously have 9 uh, through 10. Get, well, yeah, 9 through, no, 10 through 11 games. Um, so we may set that record. I mean, that record is going to fall, man. We're going to break records this year. But like I said earlier, we're probably going to have two things happen. One, we kick someone's ass. And maybe it's this week. Who knows? Um, and then someone's going to beat us up. I mean, maybe it'll be the Rams. I don't know, but someone's going to beat us up. Maybe the Packers will pay us back. I don't know, but it just feels like it's going to happen. But, you know, on the outside looking in, if you're like, if you're not a, a Vikings fan, man, I'd be watching the Vikings game every week because it's just so uh, dramatic. Luckily, this thing didn't come down to the exact last play, uh, like seven and a half this year. But, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, Coming into Detroit, you know, looking at this uh, game, they have uh, Delvin Cook questionable. Of course, Patrick Peterson uh, right now is out. He has to because he is vaccinated, but he does have to pass two negatives back-to-back days, you know, within 24 hours. So, um, And another thing I forgot to mention, too, a lot of people, we know Udo's struggling, no doubt. Um, a lot of people are asking for Davis, but he has had that ankle issue. He actually hasn't been active. So that's probably the reason why, because they weren't afraid to go to Cole. Well, they had to go to Cole for Bradbury, but then they kept Cole too. And what do you know? PFF right now has got him the last few weeks as the highest rated guy. And you can see it, man. It's yeah, sure. He's taking a couple of, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, when you go against big D tackles like Clark and whatnot, you take the, you may get, you know, pancaked or whatever the opposite way, but to take that second bump that we just don't get out of Bradbury and definitely not out of Udo, um, it would be nice to have him in there or maybe try Bradbury at guard. I don't know, but, um, that's, that's something I did want to mention. Davis hasn't been able to play because of the ankle, so it's hard to be like, hey, we're starting him when he's not even available to play. I know a lot of people online have been talking about that. So, long story short, they don't have Derisaw on the books just yet of being with status. So, does that mean, oh, that's great, we don't know, because, you know, the media wanted to uh, ask eight, eight, eight similar questions. But Vegas has us on the road as a seven-point favorite, uh, over under 47. Um 
you know, obviously you come in as a Vikings fan and just a Minnesota sports fan since the Twins won. It's it, these are the situations where you're still a little nervous. Sure, we met Zimmer. Zimmer destroys you know Detroit a lot of times. They're o ten and one. They're averaging sixteen points a game, and they're giving up even more points than we are. Um, and they're getting gashed very similar to how we are uh, on the run as well. Um, so I feel like we're gonna bounce back, Aaron, and I am gonna pick them to win. But it's still that lingering. They're gonna. They're not gonna go over, are they? I mean, I know it's Detroit, but they're not gonna go over, are they? Chris, are you ready to watch the Detroit Lions celebrate their first win of the season? Uh, it just uh, seems like that's in the cards, my friend. Uh, I just take the go to Vegas, get that seven points. I just feel it, man. And I can't really say anything else. I mean, Cook is out. Uh, you possibly have Tomlinson back. You may have Patrick Peterson. You know, there are some pluses here, but I'm just seeing that this is going to be – I don't think it will be an ass kick, and I don't, I don't think we're going to get our ass kicked, but I think we'll get edged out by Detroit here, probably somewhere three or four points. And then, you know, next week's show will be just fun to watch how that goes down. But <laughs> I really think Detroit gets their first win here. Um and really, it's just feeling. I just from history and the calendar yeah. of calamity and the, the you know the way things are going and the every four games with Kirk and just all the stuff, man. And I just feel like it's just just destined to be. Now I hope I'm wrong, and I hope next week I go. God, I I felt that, and obviously it wasn't true. But I just feel like you got to tell me there's a bone in you too that feels the same way that they're gonna give this one up to Detroit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not picking it, but yes. It's funny that you said take that seven because I got a 26-20 bikes, but I would take that seven. Uh, you know, I wouldn't pick Detroit outright, but I would take that seven points and take it now. Uh, well, actually, it may go, you know, it may go up a little bit from now because we're, if we got Pierce back or Thomason back, you know, these, I don't, I don't know about the Peterson thing. Like you mentioned earlier, um, it's yeah, he's vaccinated, but COVID's so weird that it could be, you know, out of your system in a few days, five days. Could be, you know, could take you three weeks to finally get back to back negatives. It's 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 tough. Now we did get lucky a little while ago with a couple players having a false positive and they went negative, negative. But that's different uh, than this scenario. So maybe don't take it just yet, but jump on the line. I agree with you there, but I do have a twenty six twenty. Uh, but yeah, for sure. To answer your question, long story short, yeah, it's it's there. It's lingering. It's, it's very tough to go. Oh, for they've they already went. Oh, you know, sixteen that long ago. So how the, the odds of them doing it again? Oh, for it's it's they're gonna win a game, maybe two. Um, and you bring up Cousins. It's funny because he it is his numbers against Detroit. I mean, I suppose most quarterbacks against Detroit, but Zimmer and Cousins, the combination of them. We've been just devouring them. But you know what? That's the Minnesota thing that'll pop up out of nowhere, man. And that, yeah, I could see it happening. I, I just see it happening. think you're going to see a, a really hungry Detroit team that thinks that this is their opportunity, and I don't know if we can match that intensity. I really hope so, but I think you're just going to see a rabid, bunch of rabid 
cats, I guess, as it were. And uh, that would be like getting when I mean, that would I think that would qualify as getting your ass kicked if you lost in Detroit right now in the over ten and one. Maybe that's our ass kicked, just the mm. embarrassment of losing to Detroit. Yeah, it would be embarrassing. <laughs> and hey, embarrassing. we were playing okay, you know, at home, and they damn near beat us. If it wasn't for like a thirty second mm-hmm. drive and a field goal kick, so um, yeah, I just kind of think. And then Dan that, Campbell cried. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they don't want to see the coach cry again. So yeah, man, no. I definitely would <laughs> do the. I'm feeling better and better about that Vegas bet. Um, yeah, man, pick them up. Any right. other? Yeah. Speaking of, they're much the way we wanted to be. Spoilers, because it is a rival. You know, no matter what, being in the division, and whatnot. But uh, any other Vikings-related things before we get to some good stuff with the Gophers taking that axe away? No, it's it's a rivalry now, man. I mean, we've won two games in the last four years. Um, I think our teams are similarly talented, similarly, uh, you know, we've got the exact same amount of wins and losses. So I think we're at an even match now, and I, I really think for the first time in our lives it's actually competitive. It's not like you're going to get a lucky win against Wisconsin, you know, or, or every 13 years. I mean, you got a legitimate chance. Uh, of beating them every time you play them. And, man, it's nice to get the axe and to get it at home and just a, a decisive victory. Uh, it's just nothing better, man. I, I'm so proud of those kids. Yeah, we talked about it last week. How, okay, man, it, it wasn't a perfect season. It does, you know, that Bowling Green pisses me off the most. You know, the next thing is Iowa, right? We've had so many you know, close games with them of late, especially 19 and then 21. Um, but to finish it this way, and, you know, they came in with that high pro foul defense. And to be honest with you, um, they left with it too. You know what I mean? Uh, because we only, we re-ran the ball 37 times, only got 75 yards for 2.0 a carry. Um the beautiful thing was our defense, 22, 62, and 2.8, and that's without the sacks because I'm looking at the sacks in college football. When you get a sack, you know, Morgan has negative 11. Um, so that, you know, that, and there's actually some sort of trick play they were trying to do where we lost yards and we lost. Yeah, we were actually closer to 100 than I, than I look at it because that's 17 yards. But either way, they were coming in averaging 220 a game. And – that defense, the offense did just enough. Tanner Morgan and the play caller, even though he's gone, they actually were aggressive when they needed to. They, When you have to score a touchdown, you have to score a touchdown. That's a big thing. You don't get a lot of touchdowns in these games. And to do it, Aaron, after the tip pick six, that's what really stood out to me because a lot of times Tanner, you know, he starts to, when they start to get hits on him, you know, he does feel the, the footsteps, hear the, oh, boy, and he's off target a lot. And so, you know, being critical of him in some of these losses, yes, this year, but he did bounce back nicely, and we're not known for a team that's going to come back like that, especially getting down early. Yeah, and it's the bounce back. Like I saw the, the interception, like you were saying, I'm like, oh, this could go uh, any number of horrible ways. And uh it didn't. You know, they bounced back, and they, you know, defense was – very impressive. I thought they tackled really well. 
Uh, they got a great running back at Wisconsin and a good offensive line. And I think we held them down just about as good as anybody I saw all season. And, uh, you know, it's, you know that there's a lot of hate on that field and it, those games are, are tough. And, uh, it's just good to see them that they're competitive. And Tanner, you know, was on the money for most of the day. I, I mean, he, that pass that got picked was a tip. So I'm not really, you know, yeah. that upset about it, but the, the pass to Ottman Bell. Coming across the middle was just right on the money, right where it needed to be. And uh some passes like Danny Jackson stepped up and uh you know Mike Brown Stevens got a good ball. Uh Brevin Span Ford finally mm. you know, we've been waiting for this guy to make plays in these last three weeks or so. He's really stepped up and, and you start to see and notice him a little bit more. And uh offensively, I mean I just think if Tanner's going, this thing can go, like you said. Like we were running we kept running the ball. We weren't that successful, but if if you use that kind of run and, and Tanner's on, I mean, you've got the receivers to do it. You've got a, a line that can can do the thing. And but like you said, I, I really think it was the attitude that won this game and the defense that won this game. I, I thought our defense was just almost lights out. It was the most impressive Gopher defense I've seen in many years. And and uh, you know, I was a little skeptical of Rossi when he came in and did the job because you know, we just hadn't heard anything about him. When he took over for, I forgot the guy's name, but couldn't stop the run guy, I guess is what I'll call him. <laughs> and, uh, and I really think he's, I mean, the way that they rotate guys in and out and, you know, it's just, it's impressive. And I just, I get excited about it because it's like, you know, there's a number 11. I think I got his name this week, but he made a great stick. Oh my gosh. And you're just like, what? Who just is this kid? You know, him, dude. And Perfect like, tackle. And you just played so well. I just can't say enough. And you know, a lot of it's just winning the axe and you get really excited about it. And you and I talked off air a little bit about, you know, God, if Nebraska could have just, could have just beat Iowa, you know, it's a whole different thing, but you know, beating Wisconsin is, is really all it is. I think PJ said in his press conference, when he got hired, that's what they said. It was like, look, man, just beat Wisconsin. That's what you got to do. All right. You want to. Yeah. He's like, I'd go for one for 11 and I'm still got my job. Yep. And uh, and we're getting it done now, so we got to go there next year. But that's next year. We'll worry about that later. But you know, I really think now, you, you know, the country's seen it now, and it's just like yeah, there's so much press on it now, and it's like everybody waits for the axe grab. Who's gonna get the axe? Who's gonna grab it? And you know, the crowd pours out onto the field, and, and that's not gonna go away. I mean, that's gonna stay. That'll happen in Madison when we go there. I mean, that's just the way it is. So it's on, man. And you play jump around at the end of the game, it's on, man. This is a bloody, bloody rivalry from now on. And that's perfect. We've been waiting for this to be like this for so long. And you know what's crazy, too? Another thing Fleck mentioned that I didn't realize. I knew, of course, on the big games, you always bring the recruits. But to have your largest recruiting class in visits on this day, on that game, they got to see that. I mean, that is freaking huge. Um, so that's a really huge positive thing. Next couple of weeks, it's going to be all recruiting. And another positive thing, Mike Sanford will not return after two seasons of being the offensive coordinator. So I think that – because, you know, we've ranked to, – to run the ball that much, we've, we've ranked overall 98th in total offense – and 115th in passing offense in out of 131 teams or whatever. I mean, that 
we're not going to be up in the top 30, 40 every year or nothing like that passing because we've run so much. But the explosive plays have to be there almost every week because it literally is just Army, Navy, and Air Force who, who have fewer run attempts. And they run the triple option. You know what I mean? So it's like we're set up for success there. It's kind of like uh, Klitschko. He'd throw a jab into the ninth round, and Emmanuel Stewart was like, dude, we've established the jab. Throw your right hand, and the second he do it, good night. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, Isn't it ironic, Chris, that, like, so Mo goes out game one, right? You have Mo all season. Sanford's still the offensive coordinator. You know, yeah, Mo, right, right. Mo would have got us through the Miami of Ohio. I keep saying Miami of Ohio. Uh, well, shit, Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, gets us through the Bowling Green, probably gets us through Illinois. Um, and, you know, good news Picks again. Picks up a block or two here and there, you know. You know yep. And, you know, good news again. You know, he's back next year too. So it's it's pretty ironic, but I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad to see Sanford go, but you and I have an idea what we'd like to see uh, for the new coordinator, which we'll get into in a later show. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was the right thing to do, and I'm kind of glad PJ did it. Me too. Me too. It had to happen, and it shows you just like you're talking about the coordinator – that guy was with him for a while, and he's not afraid to pull the trigger when it has to be pulled. And sometimes, man, the loyalty and all that, that's great. But you can't be too biased into it to the point where you're just going to keep, you know, running your head into the wall. Uh, it was different. Um, and we had Bateman for a handful of games last year, and it was still really different. So it just, it, you know, it is what it is. But, um, you know, with Tanner and Mo coming back, you got to think – out of the six offensive linemen that have played a lot, there's two other guys that have played too, but especially since 2018, 2019, last four years, they all kind of came in within a year from, you know, apart from each other. You got to think, and I, we just hope that maybe there's four people that could technically go to the draft. They're all going to get drafted, but where are they going to get drafted? So if we could get two out of the four coming back, we got a guy that's for sure coming back. And then and we got, you know, the depth that's that's been there for all this time. But you got to think, if Mo and Tanner are coming back, especially Mo in the offensive line, you got to figure two out of the four are coming back, man. So that's, like you said, we'll know more about it. We'll definitely have some more Gopher segment stuff, talking about a variety of stuff, the transfer portal. Sometimes it's bad, y'all, to see a guy go, but then you can bring someone in like Gibbons. So, uh, and a variety of guys. Look at our defense tackles. Now we have guys that are. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll yep. talk about bowl selection that's coming up, and uh, you know what we think of that. that. There's a few options I think for the bowls, and we'll get into that probably next week. Or I don't know when it's going to be announced, Chris. Is that like a next? It'll week be. Thing yeah, or? we'll know. We'll know by mon- next Monday. Yep. Okay. Because we'll Sunday they announced the last rankings next Sunday. Yeah, so and just kind of talk about uh, you know what we see for next season and. And, uh, you know, like you said, like, you're gonna, this is gonna be a super senior class, uh, for the people that stay, like, six years is a, is a long time, but, um, you know, a lot of people, like you said earlier, were, uh, crying for the end of the Morgan era. And, uh, I think I said then, you know, if he has a good game against Wisconsin, you know, change our minds a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think it's a combination of, of the offensive coordinator, what he was trying to do, and then, what Tanner's good at, and I think it'll be different next year. Uh, we'll see. But Mo always helps. Uh, experience always helps, and we'll get a load of that back, regardless if those linemen come back. Obviously, we want them, but 
um, it's also nice to see new faces come up too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're right because you know some guys just have some weaknesses that they can game plan for because they've seen them so much too. Um, any last words though before we shut this puppy down, sir? No, I think that about wraps it up. Good to have the axe back, and you know, I'm sorry about the doom and gloom in Detroit, but I just have a feeling. Hey, man, it's Minnesota sports since the Twins. Uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? All right, we'll be back next Monday. Let's hope we get a W and get this thing back going and, and close this uh, five games then down on the stretch, get some folks back too. See you next Monday. Peace.